Okay, everybody, we are back with another week of Ghost in the Scene, certified ghost-friendly podcast. I'm your host, Gio Champatazzi. I'm here with my co-host, Rob Thomas. How are you, Rob? Oh, Gio, guys, gals, exes, wise. it is so wonderful to be back and rolling in it. I mean, we're only in our second week back, and already, like, we're proven to be facts. Nothing but it. And not just the facts, but trendsetters. Like the whole world looks to us, to us, to see what's going on, to see what sort of truths are going on. And not just that, they're, they're trying to make things happen based off of the knowledge that we're giving out. It's a powerful responsibility, you know, and Gio, I, I just hope that it just doesn't get out of hand for us. Yeah, I've been feeling like uh, when you're skating down a, a steep hill, sometimes you can kind of feel the board or, you know, whatever, whatever's under you really kind of start to go back and forth. And that's when you use spellcraft. That's when you use, you know, the adrenaline and the integrity that we have. And I think that's over the years, we build a certain hide. You know, we've been able to take a lot of lashings, a lot of different times we've been taken down, whether it be Oprah, whether it be Amazon, whether it be Comcast, I mean, we're talking, you know, everybody's out to get us, Warner Brothers included, Disney included. So we kind of have to have some tough skin. And the numbers just came in. We're over the moon with, with the amount of listeners. So two episodes in, nothing to shrug about. We're 102 episodes right now. And it feels good. It feels good to be at this level, even if it's a little scary. Yeah, and that's a little-known fact. So when you're on a skateboard going too fast, those are ghosts trying to throw you off the board. Mm -hmm. Because you're not supposed to be going that fast. That is faster than, you know, what you're humanly possible. You're breaking physics. Yeah, I mean, any faster and you got time travel. And the last thing that ghosts want is, you know, you popping up in the 1600s with an iPhone and all of a sudden you ruin the space-time continuum. Right. And guess what? Those ghosts aren't ghosts at that point. They're, they're living people. So that's, mm-hmm. you can really mess, them, mess things up that way. You make them jealous of you, right? Because they'll remember you from the future as ghosts. And they'll say, you know, hey, he has an iPhone. And then it's going to break reality because people at that time won't understand what he's talking about. So this is the thing with skateboarding downhills, guys. That's why it's dangerous. It's not about breaking your bones. It's about going too fast that you might fall back into time. So how are you, Rob? How are you doing other than being, you know, racked by this uh, immense amount of responsibility that we have? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're still, you know, here in quarantine, uh, you know, not, not from the virus. You know, that's actually, I haven't, I didn't actually hear about this so-called virus for months after quarantine because I've, you know, I, I'm very sensitive to the paranormal world and since the spirit portal has opened, I haven't been outside. So it was news to me that there's also a virus going on, um, supposedly. And uh, yeah, I mean, and, you know, to me, it just, it, it, it proves everything that we've been doing before with protection. You know, I was wearing face masks long before. I don't want any ghosts getting up my nose. And yes, uh, so I'm just surprised to see the world kind of catching up, even though there is some confusion out there. 
it's true. And yes, there has been a pandemic and it's, it's been pretty, pretty empty, the streets and stuff, which has been really good for the ghosts. You know, they've been able to easily pass by. I've been able to see them a lot more just in passing. Um, I see ghosts driving old carts, like chariots, but like, you know, the, the, the problem with traffic that we don't talk about is that there's no room for the ghost chariots. Ghost horses are very, very afraid and twitchy when it comes to, you know, exhaust and fumes. So I've, I've seen, you know, gladiator chariots cruise by and every, every, every ghost I've seen just seems to be having the best time of their undead lives right now. So that's the positive, right? We have to look at the silver lining first. So the silver lining, of course, ghosts are having a ball. The bad part, we're creating a lot of ghosts. There is all kinds of demonic happenings happening underneath everything, right? People that are home, I would say 99.9% .9 of witchcraft happens at home. Let's be honest. So there's more sacrifices. Right? I haven't heard a goat in, a, in a, a couple of months. And if you think about it, how often did everyone hear goats before? Just about every other day. Yeah, I'd hear them all the time. So we have to think about where all these goats are going. We, and they're going somewhere, right? It's, they're not all being eaten. Some of them are being sacrificed. Some of them are being taken in as pets, let go off in the, in the wild. And they're eating cans. They're eating people's cars. It's anarchy in the streets, and you can blame it on the goats. And I think when, when you watch the news, people get it confused, right? And they're blaming people for this kind of thing. I'm sorry, but you're not looking at the right videos because all I see are goats in the streets chewing up cans. They're, you know, they're chewing up sides of, of concrete on the road. There's a lot of people yelling about these goats, and they're calling them, um, you know, fascists or fat shits. I'm not sure what they're calling them. I mean, they're eating a lot of cans. Right. So this is the problem with, with the media as just, just as a, a conglomerate, right? They get it wrong because they're blaming a bunch of people for this. And I see no people. You know, I see goats. I see ghosts. But I don't see many people out here eating cans. I mean, I'm species blind, you know? I don't, I, I just see beings out there, like, doing what they do. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you can blame them for that. Uh, you know, if they're hungry, they deserve to eat. If there's cans, they deserve to eat them. That's, I think we're living in a symbiotic relationship. You, you know, those are recyclable, but you can recycle poop too. And that's fine. So... Of course, the media is having a field day with that, right? Luckily, um, uh, of course, Skeleton Joe has just announced his new running mate, which gives fire to the media, right? They're going to leave the goats alone, and they have a new plaything to ab use and abuse, right? They are going to tear down, build up, tear down, build up. This is how this works, right? We've talked about the reverse underground railroad before this isn't an official segment but this is just kind of a, a a call right a check remind everybody what's going on what the stakes are and who the players are so rob you said before the show when we were talking um something so poignant that that i think needs to be said again 
Right. And this goes back to everyone using us as a playbook. And, you know, I'm, I'm waiting in our cash app from Skeleton Joe's team. Just drop us a few million. I mean, that's a, that's a drop in the bucket in your campaign uh, finances. And frankly, you know, we deserve at least that much because basically your entire campaign is based off of ghostiness. Yeah. And it's based off of that concept that we talk about. The way you get your ticket on the Underground Railroad. Reverse. Public. Reverse. Thank you. Reverse Underground Railroad. I was doing a double reverse in my head. Of course. <laughs> the way you get on is through public humiliation. And who humiliated Skeleton Joe the most during the primaries? None other than Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. She's basically his conductor on this train. We're going to be seeing this whole campaign. She's going to be giving him noogies. She's going to be pulling up his underwear, giving him a nice little wedgie. Mm -hmm. You know, flat tires, wet willies. She's going to be going into his, his diary, and she's going to be reading it on, on broadcast news. You're going to have, you know, people like, like Sean Hannity. He's going to be saying Joe Biden's deep, dark secrets, who he liked in grade school. You know, we're going to find out who Corn Pop really was. And it's going to, it's going to be you know, probably like Rosie O'Donnell or something. So it's going to be some really spicy content that of course is going to be enough for Joe to get over the hump, right? Joe doesn't need to be perfect man because let's face it, you know, Donald Trump as a candidate did everything wrong. And we were, we were uh, just kind of a fledgling podcast at the time. We didn't really have the resources to broadcast and so we didn't get to tell you what was going on. We didn't really explain the reverse underground railroad at the time, but that's exactly what he did, right? Just humiliation over humiliation. And he failed all the way to the top. So sleepy skeleton Joe, he of course following our playbook. And now we got um, the VP who is the VP of noogies, like, like Rob said, and I think it's going to do wonders for his campaign. Let's be honest. You know, that's what we need. We need a pie in the face for Joe because he's the kind of guy with a smile so big that it'll look really nice when the smile outlines his pearly whites with all that pie in the face. So it's a good camera photo op. You know, and now that we're speaking about, you know, we're on the, the, the Washington sort of stop. Um, you know, we were hinting before that, you know, Donald Trump obviously is a pseudonym. Donald Trump is not a real person. It's not a singular person, but uh, a character played by actors. And, you know, Gio and I have been doing so much research to figure out who the current, quote unquote, Donald Trump is. You know, we all know it's been the Baldwins through the whole family. It's been Donald Bush from the different dimension. But we know that it's different now. And, you know, we, we don't actually have the receipts for you today. But what we're going to do is we're going to highlight some of the, the top contenders. You know what I did over this past weekend, Rob? What's that? I spent 18 hours in the garbage waiting, okay? Don't ask me who's garbage. It, it's illegal for me to say. 
but I spent 18 hours in the garbage. I didn't find jack squat. Okay. Don't tell me that we're not trying. Okay. Don't come at me and say that we don't have the facts yet because we're, we are literally, you know, knee deep in people's garbage. Okay. And we're going to give you the facts when we get it. And I'm sorry that we don't have it right now, but like I said, this is a crowdsource. We're, we're going to use you and your, your tips are going to help us figure this out. So this is for everybody in their head who has kind of, you know, a web of, of, of kind of just strange connections. And we, we want to kind of touch those connections so that you can wake up and see what we can't see, right? A larger picture. Hopefully, everybody listening is, is aware of what's going on and, and we can kind of do this investigation with open hearts because I just don't want to hear people tearing us down because we don't have the answers yet. So let's start with, I think it's, it's easy to, to do the, the most likely. The most likely people, the usual suspects, like we said, are the, the Tonight hosts, right? All the late night hosts have been doing their impressions of the Donald for four years, if not longer. So of course they have the most to gain, right? I think we got to start with the least likely because you know we've talked about the Jimmys already, but there's, there's plenty of, of Jimmy time. Right now, I think we got to go with, with the James. Uh, James Corden is, to me, the, the least likely. Right. I mean, even though he does have, out of all the contenders, he does have the closest body shape. Now, I don't, I, I want to be careful. I don't want to speak ill of anyone's body type. We all come in different size, shapes, you know, trapezoids, rhombuses. We don't even uh, have bodies sometimes. sometimes. Some of us don't even have bodies. You know, th- th- that's speaking to our ghost guest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to say that, you know, between the Donald and James Corden. It's true. You know, that's a couple of rhombuses over there. It's true. They look similar. They have a similar build. You cannot be um, wrong in saying that. I think it's totally reasonable. And the other thing, you know, like I think you mentioned before, the CGI in Cats, he does have, you know, the ability to transform into Mm -hmm. a cat, at least. That's one of his abilities. So we know he's a shapeshifter. Right. So this guy is a skinwalker. But is he, you know, is he the leader of the free world? I don't know. But here's one thing that is a tick against him, right? This is why he's not as likely. But we have to eliminate him before we move on. He might be getting a job, not as the new Donald, but as the new Ellen. And she's blonde. He's blonde. Okay, she does dancing. He does karaoke. Those are two party, you know, favorites. I think that he fits into her position pretty well. So I think from a James Corden standpoint, I don't know why you would choose a role as heavy. And when I say heavy, I mean just emotionally heavy as Donald Trump. 
when you could be playing the lively, fun Ellen show, right? I mean, why would you go into like the lion's den when you can go into like a Studio 54, you know, cocaine and, and stilettos? Right. I mean, but I think we still have to take this seriously because it could also be something that they're trying to throw off our scent. It's you know? that's very true. And, yeah, and, and I, I believe that, for it. that he could play Ellen. Like you're, you're next time you see Ellen on TV, look twice. You know, is Ellen kind of like licking her her paws and rubbing her ears like a cat? Mm-hmm. That's probably James Corden. I, you're not wrong there, and and I think you're right. Maybe this is the perfect misdirect. I mean, that's true, and he's also he, he hails from England. You know, he would be the first. English uh, Donald Trump, first one to play the role. I mean, but, you know, and then that, you know, it depends on how much merit you put into the whole uh, Winston Churchill's ghost of it all. Because we all know that the bust of Winston Churchill from day one from this new presidency, I'm still calling it new because, you know, it's only been a few years. Right. uh, From day one from the presidency, that bust has come along. So is this the culmination of the haunting of Winston Churchill to get a Brit into yeah. the, the hallowed halls? I mean, th- these are all questions that need to be answered. We need, you know, the scene to answer them. And we're going to have some, some definitive answers at the end of this, right? Right now, we're in investigative fact-finding mode, and all of this is, is wonderful news. We're, we are going to get down to the bottom of this, and I think there is a couple of things that are pro and con when it comes to James Corden. So let's move on from there because there's just so much more that we can get into, but what's interesting is it kind of leads into our next guest. Because if you think about it, James Corden, um, Cordon Bleu, is is culinary, right? James Corden is a man that loves to eat fine foods, just like the Le Cordon Bleu, which I think is why he legally changed his last name. And our next guest is a chef. He calls himself the Brujo Chef, which to my non-Spanish speakers... That is like saying you are a a witch chef. This is a man that had so much to say, you know, so much knowledge. Rob, um, he's a friend of yours, I believe, yes? Oh, yes. Uh, I've known him for a few years now, but I think it's safe to say he's a friend of the show Mm. now as well. And, you know, we were so fortunate to have him on. We actually had to do a special patch to get him on the show because – this man is an empath to the highest degree. Any, you know, variation of, of spirits, any ec- extra spirits being pumped into these channels, uh, you know, can, can damage a person, especially an empath. So to have him on, we actually have, you know, Tony is just going to be on our show. Uh, just us and him in conversation. We, we No ghosts were invited, not because... Uh, we don't like them, but just because we need to also think of our own safety. So this is also something else that we're navigating 
moving forward. Yes, we're having guests, ghosts on the show, and there will be one later on this broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think Tony's conversation, too, you're going to hear a lot from him, too, about what it means to actually feel ghosts in, in your daily life. And just so such a pleasure uh, to know him for all this time and to, to speak with us in length about, you know, his experience with ghosts. And maybe it will resonate with you, too. Uh, I know it will. And so we'll, we'll kick it to us in the interview. Um, and boy, what a ride it was. So here we go. Okay. Um, we are here with a special uh, guest, Tony. Tony, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Nice. We are feeling your energy here, Tony, and it's so bright. And I, seeing our, ourselves right now, I feel like I am at least three times brighter than I was just before you joined. <laughs> nice. Awesome. <Yeah. laughs> That's a good thing. That's right. We try to bring that, you know, to try to bring that everywhere we go, you know, all the time. Wow. So, Tony, um, let's get a little bit of your pedigree. What, 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 are you, what are you known for? You know, this is a, a paranormal show. We've heard you, you're paranormally touched. Um, so, so, so what can you tell us about yourself? All right. Um, so pretty much um, I, I do. Um, well, right now, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I currently, um, well, we're all quarantined right now, so we're not really doing too much right now. But um, yeah. in, in the past, you know, I have been a, I've been a chef, you know, and um, I've done that for a good portion of my life, maybe about 20 years as a profession. Um, and during that time, I was always kind of um, figuring out how, where am I going to go with this? Because it was never really what I intended to do when I was younger. We, you know, we all grew up, you know, thinking that we we're going to be something cool, you know, like um, something fun, you know, <laughs> like a, like a superhero or, um, you know, something like badass that, you know, people will like remember, you know, and um, I kind of got into the industry at a, at a time when um, it was becoming inflated with um, everybody wanting to be a, a master chef or um, on the, the next top chef, you know, and doing all that stuff. So, I felt really like, oh, this is kind of like ran out now, you know, but, you know, like I'm going to keep doing it, obviously, that's all I know how to do. So, um, uh, short story short, um, as a, as, as a youth, you know, I was always very in touch with um, wanting to um, be in touch with a little bit more than just the normal thing. Like, um, for example, when I was in school, I would sit back in the classroom and I kind of look at everybody else and kind of be like, is everyone like really sitting here listening to this stuff right now, you know? And, I was I always saw I always saw myself as a spectator more than someone who was involved in the in, in the actual circle going on, and um, and I and so I always knew that I was kind of like not an outcast, but um, I just looked at things a little bit different, and I would always look at it from a side of um evaluation and kind of like taking everything in, not to where I was just jumping in there and be like, oh, let's play, you know, and do whatever. It was always kind of always filling the water out first, and so in doing that, um, the older I the, as time went on, um, I started to kind of realize that. I have a certain fascination with um, with um, with things that were beyond this world, and uh, whether it was um, ghosts, um, scary movies. Um, I want to say it started with that. You know, you know, um, I loved like the like movies like the Ghostbusters, you know, and uh, the Poltergeist, oh, yeah. you know, and um, um, those movies were really. And at a young age too, I was watching these things. You know, like I I, I was telling Rob, um, you know, a little while ago that I I hated what like I, well, I I don't hate it, but um. I think I was a little too young when I watched Poltergeist, <laughs> you know, and, um, and, and like those types of things, those types, and like, you know, I got into Freddy Krueger, you know, and all that stuff, you know, and um, I was always, always liked those things, but um, 
to the short story, I'm just got to get to the point of my career. Um, I got to a point in recent years, um, I'd say about like 10 years ago when I really started bringing um, my spiritual work into my profession um, and how I cook and, uh, and, and being able to kind of bridge the gap between the spiritual world and the culinary world because it's something for me that I felt um, is, is a huge lack uh, in our society as far as on both ends. There's not enough culinary in the spirit world and there's not enough spirit in the culinary world. When these two things um, coming from our ancestors and where all of us have come from, no matter whether you're Mexican, it doesn't matter, I don't care where you come from, um, it's something that's in our bones and it comes from our ancestors way before the internet, way before, I mean, all this fucking bullshit happened. Um, we used to re really listen to the earth and um, listen to the animals and the plants. And um, now we just kind of eat them and consume them with zero regard for what we're consuming and the energy that's there. So um, my, my, my main thing is what I've been trying to focus on is kind of helping us all connect with that again and uh, kind of bring that back. And hence, um, I'm, I call, I label myself the Brujo Chef, um, oh, which shit. is, um, it, it's a Spanish, you know, the, the witch, Brujo. And, um, and that being said, um, I couldn't, I, I thought the witch, witch chef or chef witch didn't really roll off the tongue that well. <laughs> and um, me being primarily English speaking, you know, I was raised, you know, speaking English and everything. But um, uh, I always thought, I always felt the Brujo Chef kind of just roll off the tongue better and seeing how I have Spanish ancestors, you know, and um you know mexican descent you know all that stuff i mean i got a lot of stuff mixed up in me but um my last name is rodriguez so um it kind of came natural for me and um just growing up in southern california and uh, moving up to san francisco always been a californian and um it just kind of felt natural for me you know and where i'm at in the world wow so, yeah Wow, that is uh, very interesting. I mean, we talk about energy a lot in this show. So hearing hearing what you're saying, it's just like pieces of the puzzle kind of connecting for us because, awesome. you know, the energy of food, you know, culinary stuff. I mean, obviously, you, you, you said 20 years of experience. So this is like years of, you know, the repetition, cooking, heat, energy that you're just, you know, kind of like manifesting and then preparation you know all of that is like components of magic 100 yes. that's yeah that's crazy that like and, and making that thing, bridge right and that's the thing like being working in the kitchen and seeing other cooks and like uh, you know seeing other people and realizing that we're, we're all harvesting this energy all the time and we're making people feel good sometimes you make people feel like shit when you cook too you know it's just like I mean, like, not, not to say, like, but I mean, I've had bad meals, too, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, and even in those bad meals, I always find something in there um, that I can appreciate, whether it's like, a, um, I don't know what it is, but you'll find, you can find something you can appreciate in anything. But um, for the most part, man, we're, we're passing on this energy all the time. And we're literally working with the elements with the earth, fire, water, and air. Mm -hmm. uh, and with that being said, man, I mean, you know, as long as if you have your heart, and, and that's part of it, boom, it'll bring all of those together. And um, that's pretty yeah. much the trick when it comes down to it, as if when you're passionate about it. But if you're passionate about cooking and you're not aware of those four elements that you're working with, it'll, it, it won't work. So you need to have all five of those things going, but your heart is the main element that needs to be right there in between those four things. And I promise if, if we can all do this. We can all do this, you know? And like me and my experience, when I say the 20 years, that's just me working professionally in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to spirit, working doing that i mean i, I we all we all have we all have this in us and have been doing this since we were young and it's just um we we're, we're we constantly um you know we either go further or closer to it you know and um that's kind of like the that's kind of like the get the dance that's kind of the dance you know we go through this life you know doing 
Totally. Amazing. Amazing. Tony, um, I know that there's a statistic that people eat like at least like a hundred spiders in their lifetime uh, from sleeping. How many ghosts do you think people consume uh, in your professional opinion? Right, right. You know, and um, I, and I'll just, I'll just, um, I'll, I'll just talk about um. There's, go, there, there's, I, I, the language, I, you know, I know what you're, uh, what I, know, I know what you mean. And I'll, before I, I answer that, you know, I just want to kind of touch on what it is that, what a ghost is, what a spirit is, yes, what, uh, what energy is, and what a vibe is. And these are all the same thing, um, for to me, to me. That's how, that's how I interpret this stuff. Yeah, speak so, your truth, um, man. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, so, um. I think we consume these things, I mean, depending on how much, how much we put ourselves out there and um, how much we can be aware of it, you know, it can be, I mean, we could hit a, a, a hundred thousand if you want a day. I don't know, man. It could be exhausting though. I don't think, I think if you can get to that big numbers, you know, like that's a lot right there, you know, because um, energy is energy and it can drain and it can fill too. So, um, and that's the thing. Um, so I, I think um, on a regular basis, um, just um, me, like today, you know, I want to say that maybe I hit about, you know, just in, in a realistic number, maybe about three, you know, just on like from being outside, you know, we went to, we went to the park over here off of Hyde Street, you know, and um, we were sitting there and I could feel, I just feel, you know, I could just feel it over there in the park, you know, and then we were walking past this house, this abandoned, this house that was, uh, this apartment that was abandoned uh, and it had a for rent sign, you know, out front, you know, and this little, it was kind of tucked away and everything in this little side alley and we were like snooping around it like out to there you know and then um um i want to say um just um coming into our apartment you know uh, it was really quiet today you know i think there's a couple people left town this week or something this weekend and um but i could feel it coming into the place though into our apartment you know downstairs and everything so um and that's just me being ultra sensitive and honest right now you know but um it, it on a on a on a Real, I, I, on a number, man. That shoot, like, it, it can it, that can go through the roof, or it can be nothing. As depends on how far we want to go as individuals. Mm -hmm. And like yeah. you said, like how how much you put yourself out there, you mm -hmm. know. That's I think that's where, where where it's really like you can really up the number if you're actively kind of like looking for it, and you're like a magnet for it, you know. Hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I I, I want to say. Um, you know, there's a, there was a time when I was younger and, um, I started, um, I, I probably want to say, uh, about seven years old when I really became aware, I was, I was raised Catholic, you know, going to Catholic school, um, mm -hmm. private school. Um, and, um, so I was already kind of like in a spiritual sort of sense, like on the way, um, I was raised already, you know, and, um, and being, being Catholic, you know, you kind of already are introduced to rituals and kind of having a sacred space already. And um, that sort of thing. So um, I want to say around the age of seven, um, I started kind of questioning all that stuff. You know, that's when I talked about being in the classroom, you know, and looking around and being like, does anyone really believe in this stuff right now? You know, like, are we really, is my friend who is from, his dad's from Iran. And that's the thing. I remember questioning that. So when I questioned the teacher, I was in fourth grade um, when this happened. Um, you know, my best friend at the time, um, he wasn't baptized, but he was in private school with us. And, um, you know, and he didn't do his communion and, you know, I, I, we did, I did all, we did all the sacraments, the class, but for some reason, mm -hmm. um, you know, like he was in our class, but, um, his parents didn't want him, um, to be, um, do any of the sacraments, you know, and I, and I thought about, and I thought about that, you know, and, um, and I remember the teachers saying like, um, you know, like if you don't do the sacraments, you're going to go to, you're going to go to hell, you know? And I remember being like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? So my <laughs> best friend, he's going to go to hell, yeah. you know? And 
right then and there like I just knew like this is this isn't this isn't the way it is right here you know and um kind of made a point to forge forward and kind of just like really start questioning every single thing that was told me when it came to being spiritual and um to this day um haven't stopped you know even when it comes to um witchcraft or uh, voodoo or um, or any sort of even buddhism like you know I, um right now um um i'm kind of really getting into a little bit of native american you know reading a little bit more about just working with um you know just nature you know that's that's plain and simple right there just, right um, you know so it doesn't really matter you know but i question everything though even everything that's written in a book you know and i, I you know yeah beautifully so. beautifully said and i think that's exactly what you know everyone out there on the scene that's what they come here for to mm -hmm. hear a little bit more about the truth and the truth is the what's you know discussed between each other and having more of these conversations about it so that's i think like a really beautiful sentiment that we can all uh rally around and i'm just kind of curious tony do you find that you're you find the ghosts or do the ghosts find you <laughs> i think uh well i know for a fact that i was um that if they found me very young i want to say it happened before i was born um I was kind of, it's um, some people, uh, I, I want to say a lot of people have these gifts and don't even realize it. And um, some people mm -hmm. um, do and they know it, you know, like their their parents may have been um, um, workers or practitioners and whatever um, it is that they believe in. But, um, you know, they get raised, you know, and, and, and strengthen their gifts, you know, to where I'm not going to say my parents didn't strengthen or nurture my gifts, but um, they were, uh, they didn't know. They didn't know. And mm -hmm. um, I was something that I was kind of born with. And, um, my grandma, um, I would hear stories about my grandma when she looked at me when I was a baby, how she said I had, um, like, she, she said, oh, he's, he's got to be a priest or he's, you know, he, he has the eyes of an old man, you know, and I was just born, you know, and, um, and she would say that about my grandfather too, on my other, on, on the other side of my mom's side, you know, he looked at me and he was just like, oh, this kid's going to do something, you know, like his, his hand, he, like, tell him, you know, like, he's got to take care, he's going to do something with his hands, you know, he's, he's so hands-on with everything, you know, and, um, so at a young age, you know, they were telling my parents stuff, you know, but um, it, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't really know, you know, and um, it wasn't, I want to say it wasn't until more recent years, the deeper I started getting into working with other people who work in the spiritual community um, who helped me kind of tap into that um, through um, Divine Nation, um, you know, and um, doing readings um, where I was actually able to figure out like um, who, my guide, who my guides are, you know, and how I'm able to um exercise with them you know and be able to exercise my my work here in this world and what i came here to do you know and mm -hmm. um we all kind of came here for purpose you know and um and it's just um we it, we're doing it we're doing it right now like the three of us are doing it right now you know in, the, in a sense you know and we're, we're still we're gonna keep yeah. going you know so yeah yeah absolutely and you know um going going back to like some of like your early influences you say like movies were like you know ghostbusters and poltergeist i know that like those kind of like iconography you know the haunted house mm -hmm. you know like the the ability to to capture a ghost and you know a ghost set free the you know the prophecy of zool and like all of that kind of stuff like brewing as a child right mm -hmm. in popular culture definitely also has an impact on millions of people right totally. and that's the kind of thing where you think about like the collective energy that people have and how like bringing all of that knowledge to like a pop culture aspect just like is a floodgate for hundreds of thousands of millions of kids that are now interested in paranormal stuff that you know right. want to know more 
that want to like explore what their intuitions kind of like, you know, whatever they feel in, in their personal lives. So I can feel like, like we're riding a wave of that, you know, from, mm -hmm. from that era on, are there any movies now that you, you find like, you know, maybe like modern movies that you could look at and say like, this is going to inspire people to, to look deeper into it, you know? Um, yeah, um, you know, I'm not the biggest movie, but I mean, I, I mean, I like my movies, you know, but I'm not like the biggest movie buff. I kind of get, I kind of get into, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I'm not really, I try to, um, I don't watch TV. I'm going to be honest. I, you know, I don't watch, um, I don't listen to, I don't watch the news, you know, um, I, if something's going on in the world bad enough, it comes the, the, the emergency broadcast system tells me on my phone, you know, and I'll take it from there, you know. <laughs> But I'm not really one to um, even get into like I don't really um, movies. I want to say that, huh? That's a good, I'm trying to think right now. Something that's inspired me lately that made me want to kind of or that I kind of thought would do something. Um, uh, I, you know, I can't do anything off the top of my head right now, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. But um, it's 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 out there though, you know. And people are tickling, you know, we're, we're we're picking each other's brains though for sure in that aspect, you know. And um, I'm definitely I, I want to say there's. Um, material out there online that you know if you dig if you dig enough you know you'll find stuff you know and um right and it's out there now like you said like there's kind of things that are coming out like movies are the be a good way there's books you know and things how we can kind of reach a lot of people um or how people want to reach us you know vice versa and how we can just communicate um how we're how we're kind of tapping into these things because um let's be honest we're, we're in this physical world here you know and um and how do we how do we get out of it you know and and still be able to come back you know about dying you know, so right. um, that, that, that's the, that's the trick right there. And, um, and with my foundation and with my practice, um, you know, I, um, it's, um, you know, like, like death is everything to me personally. And, um, that's what, that's what kind of puts it all in perspective for me and how I start my, how, how I start my work and, um, and how I, um, end it and, and everything that, um, we do, it, it comes from there, you know, and it, it's a constant cycle that is just, um, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna teach us and it does teach us and um, that's where I think we learn the most is when we feel that energy of um of what's beyond this world you know and um I think death is probably if, if and death gets such a negative um thing attached to it you know like we're taught that like like oh you know it's you know it's so sad you know they're gone you know this and that and uh, a lot of things get tagged onto that to where we're we're taught to fear it you know and um and to be like the unknown you know but um. I, I, I just got to say that it's a beautiful thing, you know, that happens there. And um, it's such a, it's such a magical point when you really step away and you see, and you see what happens in those instances, especially when it's comes to some, someone that you lose close to you. And, um, or if, it, if it's something, something that you witness too as well. Um, it's, it's very powerful, the energy in that, in that instance right there. And um, sometimes if you're close enough to a person, um, they kind of, the door kind of gets held open a little bit, you mm. know, and if with your mind and what you feel in those moments, it, you can kind of almost um, kind of peek in a little bit, you know, and um, you don't want to hang out too much, you know, because man, like it's, I'll be honest, like you can get, you can get sucked in, you know, and you can really get um, in a dark place, you know, sometimes, you know, because like there, you need to have that opposite of the light, you know, there's going to be darkness, you know, so that, that stuff is um, always there. It's always there because we can't see one without the other. Yeah. So that, that kind of leads to, to a great question, you know, um, we talk about protection and safety a lot. Um, how do you stay protected? 
Well, um, I'll tell you what, I, 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 well, right now I'm, I am wearing this, my, my little bandana right now, just for physically, um, you know, I, I'm wearing a bandana and I'm just because we are talking about a lot of stuff, but um, I like to just wear one on the regular because I'm very always open to energy all the time. And one of the number, the number one place where energy comes and, and leaves and enters are us physically is right here on the head and the back of the neck right here. And so um, I, I kind of protect myself on a normal basis. Um, I'll be honest, um, I've been sloppy in the past where maybe I didn't protect myself. And, um, and um, you know, you can get things from like um, crazy headaches, um, crazy acne, um, crazy um, uh, physical things to where, um, you know, and it goes on. Um, it can, you can get depression, you know, out of nowhere, anxiety, um, things that are, um, that you, you wouldn't normally feel if, if you were, say, someone who's stable you know, and, um, and, and you, you might be like, why am, I, why am I feeling like this, you know, but if you open yourself up, um, those things can come in, you know, and I'm kind of, kind of fuck with you on a level that you're, it's not in your control, you know, and to where um, you might think you need medication or the doctors and stuff like that, but it's, um, it's a little bit more than that, you know, so mm -hmm. um, I kind of start with little things like that, you know, um, I do, um, um, if I'm going to do any work, like um, doing my candles or um, doing any sort of, um, you know, I don't do any, I don't do spell work. I'm not out there like trying to hex people or do stuff like that. I'm, I, I want to say like, um, the main thing is to always maintain balance when you're, when you're working, you know, right. and making, and always knowing that, um, you know, there's a given, there's a give and take thing, no matter what you do. And, um, I always, um, try to make sure that when you come from a place of love and you come from a place of your heart, that's kind of a really good way to protect yourself. Cause, um, if you're, if you come from that man, fucking, I don't care what you believe in, like you will be protected you know, and you will be on the right side of that, um, of that scale, you know, because um, that scale, it's going to tilt one way or the other. And I promise you, the heart is always going to, it's always going to protect you, you know, so that's how I kind of start with those fundamentals. Uh, well said. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the heart is something that you take with you everywhere, which mm -hmm. is something that, you know, when you're in a moment of maybe vulnerability, and you can kind of look to your heart and say, you know, I, I still have this, I still can, can, you know, have a pure intention and I can get through this, even, you know, even if, you mm -hmm. know, I'm vulnerable to, to things right now, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, you know, and then you can go into, and then, uh, you know, there's that, that too. And then also um, when you start getting to, um, there's people who do like um, um, banishing rich rituals, you know, and so I, I, you know, and I'm always, you know, I, I, I try to practice, I do that on a regular basis, you know, just for me and cleansing the space and uh, wherever I'm working, you know, whether it be at my studio or um, at my home, you know, I, you know, I try to just keep that, keep the energy, you know, clear, you know, and because um, no matter what, I mean, like we can get stuff, you know, from watching a, like you said, a movie or something, you know, stuff can come through, you know, and we can start, you know, we can open ourselves up to things, reading a certain book, you know, especially, and another thing is the old energy too, you know, when you got things that are old and maybe owned by someone else, you know, and you kind of come in possession of these things, you know, you can hear uh, of um, kind of energy latching on to um, certain items, you know, or, um, things that were personal to someone, you know, um, and that stuff's very real too as well, you know, so I always make sure I cleanse, you know, use a lot of the sage, you know, um, you know, always, always burning that stuff, you know, and um, it, I always find it balances me out, you know, and my wife, you know, and, and the dog too, like everyone seems really good after I do that here in the house, so. Interesting. Um, yeah. Now, you know, animals, right? Mm. Um, are, are they, can they be sensitive like, like we are? Do you, do you think they, they have the awareness Yes, even more than we do as a, wow. I think even more than we do as a whole and our society, I think um, animals are 100% way more in touch with it than um, I say if you took like 10 animals and 10 people, the 10 animals, maybe even, I'll give one of them, like maybe it might be a 
dumb dog or something. I don't know. <laughs> say, yeah. You know, like say, <laughs> say he doesn't doesn't know what's going on. But nine nine of those animals are gonna know what's up, and like you'll probably might get like I don't know. I know it's gonna be less than the I know it'll be less on the human side. You know for sure if you get ten people together randomly. You know, and you might get maybe two or three that know what's up. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I haven't done those statistics, but um, for sure it's gonna be the animals definitely know what's going on, and you can see it in them the way their eyes are, the way their ears move. You know, and mm-hmm. their the body, their their body um, demeanor. You know, it's and that's the thing. Um, being an intuitive, um, it's exactly that paying attention to those types of things. And um, you know, you guys, I know you guys are on the same level. You know what I'm talking about. That sort of thing. If Ross, we wouldn't be talking about it. You know. Yeah. So, absolutely. Um, when you pay attention to these sorts of things, there's little little details that you kind of pick up on, you know, and it could be a little twitch or, um, you know, the way someone like crosses their arms, you know, or, you know, has their arms open, you know, um, it says everything about them, you know, and, um, you know, it's a, it, it's, it's, it's real stuff though, you know, and when we're in tune to that sort of thing, you can pick up on it. Definitely. And animals that they, they, they have no problem showing it. All of this, um, you know, you said you can't think of a movie. I'm thinking of a movie that like is almost perfect for 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 this uh, this whole conversation. Ratatouille. <laughs> nice. Yes. I mean, it, you know, it's an intuitive animal. They're right. Ta- they're dealing with the chef. You know, a food. Yeah. Possession, really, right? Yeah. The old, spirit, spirit, the chef. The old spirit of the chef, too. You know. Yeah. Like the, yeah. Uh, what was his name? What was his name in the movie? Uh, Gusto. 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 Yes. yes yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, all, all of this is, yes. and and this is a children's movie, right? right? Right. And so this is the kind of thing that, like, is this is the indicator that there's going to be children that see food through that spiritual lens. Yes. You know? Hundred percent. You know that's a that's a good example. You know that was. I didn't even think of that one. You know, and uh, that that has to be one of the. I think one of the coolest culinary movies have, has ever come out. You know, just for me personally. You know, just seeing that. You know, and then like, what an animal to have in the kitchen. You know, a, a rat. You know, like yeah. making the food. You know, <laughs> it's like like how perfect was that? You know, like written. You know, and um, no, that that's so true. That's so true. That movie is probably a good way to describe all this going on right now. Yeah, definitely. Right. Well, Ratatouille was himself like um, a magic user, you know, able to possess, you know, a friend of his, or maybe channel, maybe mm-hmm. is more of like the better term for that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, or, or like even, I mean, he was like on his head, like pulling the hair and everything even too, you know, like that, hence the energy, you know, what I was talking about, you know, going of course, the head and everything, right. you know? And um, that's the other thing too, you hear about people who grow their hair out too and how um you know people will say like you know this is a this is like antennas you know like like people feel like very um you know um they like when they get their hair cut they feel like it's kind of like the samson story you know what i mean where you yeah. kind of lose your strength you know um, of course yeah and um yeah man and i me i have a, I have a shaved head so I, I'm, I'm kind of scared to think where i would be if i grew my hair out and I, you know and if i had dreadlocks you know i'd probably be, you know floating floating through this place or something yeah. i don't know <laughs> That is, yeah, I mean, that, that's the kind of thing. And then you think people sell their hair, right? Yeah. There's a whole industry mm-hmm. of people that will just sell length strips of hair. You have to think there's some energy stored in that hair. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Or, or something, you know, like for, for something, right? Mm-hmm. It has value more than mm-hmm. just, you know, aesthetics. Yes. Yes. No, 100%, 100%. You know, like, and that... You know, and that, and that's, that's, that, you know, that, that I kind of like, you know, relate to like, again, like the cooking thing and how we kind of pass energy on to each other through food, you know, and, um, you know, and I, I just want to touch on that real quick and like, like just on how like our moms, you know, like when they cook for us, you know, how, how, um, 
how good that meal is, you know, like no matter what it is, man, what mom makes something for you, man, like that. But we know when our moms are cooking for it, and we know mom knows when she's cooking for us, man, that's just love going into that thing, man, you know, and mm -hmm. hence here I go again, you know, talking about the heart again, you know, and I, and that's the one thing, you know, if anyone's going to watch this thing, you know, I want them to just know that like, this is where we need to be right now. We need to be coming from our heart. No matter what you're believing in, you can believe what Tony's saying or anything. It doesn't matter. Like, just stick to your heart. You know, whatever's going on in this world right now, and um, you know, like it'll it, it'll it, it'll come through. You know, and um, but the energy though that we get from food though on that level to where we pass it on, it's uncanny on how it how much it affects us. You know, and we consume it and it becomes a part of us. And it's um, it's um, you know, like I, like when you eat a McDonald's cheeseburger you feel like mcdonald's cheeseburger you know after that you know when you eat a nice um bowl of vegetables you know and uh, organic you know all that stuff you know and you, and you it's, it's roasted you know or cooked in a way to where it, like don't 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 boil i'm as a brujo chef i'm gonna tell you guys stop boiling all your vegetables you're cooking all the good stuff out of it and if you do boil it drink that water <laughs> you know yes, like, yes. Like, like that's all the vitamins <laughs> right there yeah so just roast your stuff you know saute it if you have to you know but um I try to stick to roasting is probably the best way to do stuff, you know? So, oh, great. Little, little tip for everybody out there. Yeah, stop boiling everything. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're getting kind of close to our time, Tony. And okay. one thing I, I want to signal out there for our audiences, because we talk about movies and a lot of this stuff and influences, right? And it's not just from movies. That's just like a very common area to be influenced. And infamously, as you know, this show is heavily influenced by Johnny Depp. And we even got a, yeah. a threat to, to our show, uh, to our livelihood from Mr. Depp. And, you know, this is, will be specific for, for, for us, but could also inspire people for their own, um, you know, breaking rituals. So, like, what would you suggest to us? Like, what, how can we get Johnny off our backs? <laughs> Johnny off the back, huh? Um, you know, I, I, guess the, I guess the best thing to do is, um, you know, uh, you know, get a picture of him and uh, put him in a jar and just throw him in the freezer, you know, I guess. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, nice. Yeah, yeah, that, that's probably, that's probably, that's probably the best thing you can do, you know, and you might not hear from him for a little while until you take him out of the freezer, you know, but try that one, you know. <laughs> okay, you know, yeah. we, we'll take that advice. That is great advice to have. Um, I, I got one more question for you. I'm dying to know, what's your favorite dish as, as, as the Brujo chef? What, you know. Wait, 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 wait fish fish interesting yeah, okay um uh you know to be honest um hmm i'd have, I'd have to say i'm a i'm a simple man and um i love tilapia man you know like a good like 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 it, 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 and, and that's the thing it, it, just because it's a it's a it's a white fish you know and like you know you can go into like you know yeah halibut sea bass you know they're a little pretentious with the prices and like them becoming extinct and everything you know I try to stay with swordfish you know like try to stay with those things but Tilapia, it's kind of like those guys just keep going, you know, and, um, you know, I'd say with the farm stuff, that's kind of the common one you see out there, you know, but, um, you know, if you can come up on the good stuff, you know, grab that, you know, because it, it makes the best tacos, you know, you can, it, it, it holds up, you know, it's durable, you know, and um, I, I love, I love eating it. I love eating those things in a taco, put in a tortilla and just give it to me, you know, that's where it's yeah. at. <laughs> so you've yeah. talked about your, your Catholic background too. And I think we, I think we all come from been touched by Catholicism in yeah. our lives. Oh yeah, and um, as it touches many many people out there. Um, but you know, when you're talking about fish, though, you know, you know, famously also Jesus was into fish, and mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of you know we're talking about the negative parts of Catholicism. But you know, where do you 
you talking about fish specifically kind of reminded me of sort of this, maybe this mystical element around it, like a simpler, like you said, you call yourself a simple man. Right, right. Uh, the idea of being able to multiply these fish. Right, right. Um, is kind of resonating uh, mm. with me. So do you, do you see like a connection or like do what sort of like spiritual connection to like, what do fish represent to you, I guess? Right. Um, you know, I, I think, um, well, first of all, I, I, I want to say that fish are very, I mean, they're coming from the ocean, you know, and so they kind of got like a, they kind of got this um, kind of cleansed thing about them coming from the water and the salt water too, because salt is a cleansing, um, uh, if, if you use that for cleansing and cleaning, um, um, for, um, you know, you can use it for curing things um, and it kind of preserves stuff too. So hence yes. it can kind of hold energy too for a long time too, you know, and kind of wow. um, combat like um, say like things going rancid or bad, you know, or, or kind of like getting into that realm of, um, of um, something that, you know, gets mold on it and you can't eat it anymore. You know what I mean? But um, hence, you know, still even in the moldy stage or where it's got fungus and parasites all over it. I mean, that's life right there too, you know, so those things got to exist too in this world and they got to survive. But um, uh, the, the fish thing, um, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, you know, um, there, there's, um, there, there's definitely a connection there um, that I want to, I, I, I definitely want to give a little more thought, you know, where I start like just vomiting of the mouth and just talking about like yeah. what my experiences are with the, with the creatures that come from the ocean. And that's the thing there, there's fish and then there's creatures, you know what I mean? And like, man, we have the, the ocean is full of all kinds of things, man, that are like, we don't even know everything that's coming out of yeah. that thing, you know? Hundreds of years old. I mean, they could be like, I mean, we're even talking about like some sea turtles that are hundreds of years old, yeah. right? But we have, I mean, larger, more ancient kind of things that live, you know, miles underground in, mm -hmm. in the ocean. This is, I mean, we'll never be able to, to see them, right? But right. they're there, their sentience is there, their energy is there. Yes, exactly, right? yeah. Yeah, some of these guys got lights down there and stuff, you know, and um, yeah, all, all kinds of things. And I like, um, I, I like the idea of, um, you know, I, I, I think one of my strongest things in harvesting energy too, and what I like working with was, um, is, the, is if I'm going to touch an animal, it's probably, it's probably a fish for some reason. That's interesting, you, Rob, you brought that up too, and kind of touching on this, because it's probably the stuff I feel more comfortable with right now. Um, I, I don't like, um, it's really hard. Like I remember one of the hardest things going into the kitchen too, it was um, going in the meat walk, and especially in the recent years, um, when I've become more um, driven in my, in my craft and bridging together the spiritual world and the, and the physical world in my, in my work in the kitchen. You know, and it was going into the meat walk in and to where it's like, it really just started to become an excess morgue in a way to where it was like really unnecessary when I walk into the walk-in and, um, you know, and, and it, I see just like, kind of like all this like um, flesh just kind of hanging out there beyond what's necessary, you know, and um, a good thing too, like, you know, kind of touching back on the, my, you know, the Native American, you know, readings that I've been doing and study is that it's, um, we kill beyond excess, you know, and we take what we don't need. Um, we're kind of fucking up the system here, you know, and fucking up nature, you know, and hence, you know, that's why our rainforests are, you know, gone, you know, and, um, you know, we got, we got a bunch of, you know, factories out in Vacaville, you know, pumping out cattle, you know, and, you know, taking their babies from their moms, you know, the list goes on, you know, and um, it, it's, it's um, tragic. I, wanna, I don't want to say fish are kind of like the more safety, though, but um, they're, they're, you know, if they're coming from the ocean, I like to think that they're, they're they don't have all that trauma connected to them that you say you get from a, a cow or a pig or, um, or say even birds like, um, you know, like chicken, I mean, it's even worse for chickens, I want to say, man, but um, 
you know, on that level, just how they pile them up and everything. But um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I want to say fish would kind of be the more, the one that I felt more comfortable putting out there as far as there is, if it was to be a flesh life, you know, it would be fish, you know, but um, right. even plant, you know, plants energy, you know, you get into that and that's where it's even stronger. You know, I think energy carries, I think you can transfer energy into plants um, a lot easier um, than say an animal, um, just because plants are a lot more, they want to help us, you know, and um, they want to make us feel good. That's why they're here, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and they're, 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 their plants are not selfish at all, or like worried about themselves. They're going to, they're going to do what they do, you know, and um, I, I think um, working with herbs and plants are the best thing to do as far as I'm putting your energy into the food. So you always starting with that as a vessel um, when cooking, you know, as, as one of the best things, you know, to start with, you know, and before you start getting into animals and doing all that stuff. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great rallying call. Uh, return Vacaville to the, to the cows. You know, you're it, looking, breaking down that town name. It's literally cow it's town. Called cow, yeah. cow town. <laughs> right. So I want to see some cow bus drivers, cow mayor, cow teachers, cow mayor. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, uh, Tony, it's been so great having you. Um, hopefully we, we, we can talk to you again soon. I think there's Absolutely. like, uh, this is an ongoing conversation that we're going to have with you because uh, it was such a pleasure having you. hundred percent. No guys, seriously. I was so good. Just, um, like, um, we're, this is a safe place right here, you know, and um, I, I like this. Uh, this is a real good thing, an opportunity. And I want to thank you guys for giving me this opportunity because seriously, I feel really good right now. Um, you know, just seeing, you know, just meeting you and, you know, Rob for, you know, getting me in on this with you guys. And um, it's, um, it, 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 this feels really good for me right now. And I, I appreciate that, guys. And just this alone right now, you know, no matter who sees it or not, you know, I appreciate that. And just me, me being able to vocalize myself and express, you know, my experiences, you know, and, Mm-hmm. And, um, and to people who are receptive to it, too. So um, I really appreciate that, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, man, totally. Uh, Tony, the, the Brujo chef, um, once all this opens, um, of course, you'll be able to taste his food in, in San Francisco. <laughs> right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. All right, take care. Okay, and we are back. What an interview. I learned so much from Tony. Um, we will be having him back that we didn't even scratch the surface. I think he even said, you know, it's like an iceberg, you know, and there's just so much under the surface that we haven't even touched. So uh, how'd you feel about that, Rob? I mean, I feel like the Titanic, right? And I just plowed my nose right into that iceberg and just tore me apart. Like I was made out of tin foil and now I'm taking on water. Lots of it, because I realized, wow, we're dealing with ghosts every day. Uh, that that is quite the awakening, you know. Everyone talks about spiritualism as some sort of fringe things. No, this is ghosts are part of your everyday life. They're a part of your breakfast, you know. They're a part. Like if you think about, I we didn't even talk about this, but if you think, of, I just I was been thinking about this for a while. The Wheaties right? Sponsored by athletes, dead athletes, right? Their, their faces on the boxes. You're eating part of their soul. You, you've been eating different parts of different athletes' souls your entire childhood, your whole life. That's, so that's why we need him back. But yeah, you know, you know how you feel like the Titanic? I feel like an aluminum can that's been eaten by a goat. 
right? I'm, I'm somewhere in the stomach being chewed up by the acid, but I'm going to be in, made into manure and a tree will grow from, from, my, from the can, right? That's, that's, how, that's how he made me feel. Um, just consider food, right? Consider, like, and I think we were kind of saying this before, you know, um, Kamala Harris's favorite food is, is potato, right? Specifically f- transformed into a fry. You can, you can make little crosses out of fries, can't you? Yeah. I mean, it, isn't that how everyone eats their french fries? Yeah. And then the, the ketchup kind of looks like It's blood. like the blood of Jesus, yeah. Right. I mean, I thought this is what everyone did. You, mm-hmm. you, you have your crucifix, but dab it in some blood of Jesus, and you're good to go. Exactly. I just, wanted, I just wanted confirmation that you did that too, and that everybody does that. So this is the kind of thing that uh, Kamala Harris brings to the table, right? This normal food ritual that we all take for granted, she makes it, and this is something that Rob found out. She doesn't make it in regular peanut oil, coconut oil, you know, canola oil, olive oil. She's using some fancy ass oil, right? Or it's not even oil, right? What what the hell? What was it? Was it fat? It was like it was duck fat. Duck fat. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? If, These are animals you keep in a cage. Right. Right. She she knows about keeping it keeping things in cages. Exactly. And that is using, you know, some kind of spellcraft in her daily life. When you think about and, and this isn't to like say that we love witchcraft, right? We just had a witch on. So when I say witch and that Kamala Harris is a witch, this is not me denigrating her at all. I am acknowledging her power. Okay? That that I want to make that clear. So no haters, and we're not haters. I, I'm, I admire that she uses duck fat because that's an ingredient that witches use. When you think about what they use, they use the eye of a newt, the fat of a duck. Right, but I think we can also, but we can get into the details. And, you know, I, I didn't really anticipate we getting this far in, but, you know, we can get into the details and talking about the way that we're conducting our witchcraft that is what it's up to for debate. You know, I don't think it's, I think it's bad to call someone out for doing witchcraft, but you can all, but you can critique or have conversation really, because we're all doing it differently. Who, who, who are we to say what's the right way to do it? Mm. But, you know, this cage stuck, you know, the idea of like caging things, I think is a bad form. I, I don't, that's not the kind of witchcraft I adhere to. I want the, I want things to be free range, uh, to have to be able to stretch their legs, to be able to go out and have more experience. Because if you keep something pent up, that's you're you're stifling that energy, and that's think, beyond yeah. ducks too. That's like you know anything that you put in a cage. I was gonna say if we go back to specifically to ducks, it is much more gratifying to catch a fat duck than right. it is to to breed a fat duck. I think that's that's simple enjoyment purposes, and I think that's enjoyment purposes for the duck as well. The duck will enjoy the free life chase rather than the cage kill, the sacrifice, right? And I think 
there is almost a sense of like fate in that as well. Sometimes the duck gets away. And I think that's something that has to be a part of the equation. There has to be a, a chance where whatever it is you're sacrificing has a chance to escape because that itself is part of the ritual. And if you ignore that, I think what Rob is getting at is that you are ignoring certain key parts of the ritual that make it a, a more humane or more spiritually ethical kind of ritual. And it's what you're saying. It's beyond just ethics. It's about the power of the ritual itself. Mm. You're really limiting yourself when you think of these, if you're using witchcraft in a way that is um, controlling in that way, because the idea is you're harnessing this power that's greater than yourself. And, you know, you really can't control that. I think it's, it, it's a classic, you know, you, you're into control until you then become controlled by the power that you no longer can wield. When you become just another thing that you as a, as a figure controls, where you no longer have control of yourself, right? You're out of control. That's something that can easily, we easily fall into. And I'm sure we will go down that path, maybe not personally, but we will find people that have gone down that path and we will hear their story, right? We're not going to just hear, you know, great, nice, clean, happy stories from everybody. I'd like that to be the case, but that's not the way that life is. We've had plenty of, of scrapes and we want to show, just like with Charlie Chaplin, that yes, you know, ghosts can be sad. Humans can be sad. Witches and, and warlocks can be sad. And we can express our, our pain and not use it as, as a form of control, right? We, we can do that in a, in a kind way. And we don't have to harness duck fat for, for malice. So that, that's a very beautiful point that you made there. And I think Kamala has a lot of learning to do, right? And she's going to have to do that in the public eye, which is going to be a million times harder. But we're going to hold her to that. Because having, you know, the kind of duck fat that's jarred up like that is, is not the, guy, the, the good kind, right? You need free-wheeling duck fat, not the kind of a jar. That's gross. Store-bought probably from, you know, the, the black market or something. I mean, even the, the normal market, right? It's sitting in some shelf, a dusty shelf uh, made in a in a dirty factory, uh, you know, just mixing, you know, you want your spells also to be, to have a certain purity to them as well. And if you don't know where they're coming from or it's just getting mixed up with all other sort of spells, it's just, it's not going to go the way that, that you want it to. It's going, it's going to really damage your, your craft work. Right. And, and I think you start to make spells that you'd never intended, the consequences, right? Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the issue that really happens. You, you start to create issues in your life that are unintended. And all of a sudden, down the road, you're having problems that you never dreamed would start. You're seeing the Loch Ness Monster in your bathtub because you accidentally you know, bought some some store-bought gunk and some junk, to be honest. So let's, let's move away from, you know, kind of chastising everybody because I think you can only 
hear the truth that harsh for so long before you need a little break. And what I wanted to get into was something that we've been just clocking. Rob and I were on a, a text thread. We text each other about ghostly information. You know, we're always communicating. And every time this Donald Trump character has talked about COVID, talked about the coronavirus, he's been referencing it in a different time than when it started. If we all, you know, took our history classes, and even if we haven't, if you just have any kind of awareness as to what's been happening, the news has been telling us it started in the year 1918, 102 years ago. We're on our 102nd episode. Interesting that we're talking about it right now. I I see it as fate. Me too. Me too. And so uh, supposedly Donald Trump, whoever this, this creature is, who knows, is saying it started in 1917. 1917, over and over and over again. I don't know how many times that he's gotten it wrong, but he just keeps on getting it wrong. And at some point during our conversations, Rob and I just had the realization he's not getting it wrong because he's not talking about what we all think he's talking about. He seems to be referencing something else. So we looked into it, you know, we, we went, we followed our nose and Rob, of course, being the movie buff that he is immediately clocked it. And you're like, Hey, isn't that a movie? Oh yeah. I mean, we didn't even, we don't even have to go that far back. It was nominated for best picture this, this last year, this last cycle. Mm. And I don't even know if I have to say the title because all the other movie buffs or people that have just been around for the last year, it should be already ringing bells. And the craziest thing about this movie is that it doesn't have any actual words in the title at all. Right. There's no the, you know, like the Maltese Falcon or, you know, it's not called Casa World War One or something because it's, it's a World War One movie. Right, so the, it should have like a title like "Full Metal World War Trenches" or something. Full Metal Trenches, yeah. But it's, in fact, it's just a a stupid number. And this is, I mean, we're gonna blow your mind, right here. Donald Trump is saying the year 1917. We are talking about the movie. 1917 ipso facto vice versa vis-a-vis donald trump is talking about the movie 1917 so every time he said 1917 everybody thought oh he's just being stupid he's wrong you know 40 chess i don't know about that okay i don't know i don't know about 40 chess that's space chess all i know is that he is speaking a different language and that only Ghost in the Scene had the ability to pick that out and understand that it is not a year. It is, in fact, a movie. 
And it's a movie that's seen by the world over. So when he's talking about pandemic, you know, this movie is very popular. That's true. Right? It's around the world. So it's, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing this movie. And it's not just in the theaters. You know, you can see ads for it on TV, on billboards. So he's saying that this movie, 1917, is everywhere. But he's bringing it up now, after the fact. Right. This is a movie that came out a year ago. It already won its awards. It already made its money. So what does it have now to do with this virus? Other than, like you said, it, it, it did have this contagion quality to it, right? It was everywhere. But also, we did some looking into the movie. And it's not that simple because nothing ever is. So we started with the director because um, like everything, he is the leader of the ship. He is the captain at the helm. And this guy's name is Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes is a Brit, a lot like James Corden, right? A lot like Winston Churchill. But we won't get into well, what he has to do with, with all of that. But we'll just kind of leave it there just because we know that there is a possible connection with Donald Trump and England. At least we know that. So there is that connection. Sam Mendes has made multiple movies. And I just want to name off a few because they're so interesting in the way that they're paired. So he made two James Bond movies. And of course, they're called 007, right? 007 and another 007, right? One was made in 2012. One was made in 2015, right? The difference between five and two, it's three. Let's, so let's keep that in mind, everybody. So then he made another movie called Revolutionary Road, he made a movie called Road to Perdition. Uh, 2008, Revolutionary Road. 2002, Road to Perdition. The difference, six years. And okay. also significant with Revolutionary Road, famously brought Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet back together since Titanic made nine years prior. Mm. Preach, Rob. All right. Right there. So okay. you're, you're, you know, spoiler, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack dies at the end of Titanic. He, uh, he, he, he slips down into the icy depths. And here we go, talking about tit- the Titanic again. Exactly. Um, but Sam brings him back to life to star with Kate Winslet again. And nine years later, and we all know nine is just an upside down six. Exactly. And there we have just this interesting duality. You have two and two, two movies about 007, right? Two movies about roads. Then you have Jarhead that he did a movie about war, 1917, movie about war, two movies about war. They're both made in one 2019, one in 2009. So, 2005. Oh, 2005. I'm so sorry. So that's 14 years, right? One in four is three. Of course, we can get into numbers, 
But I think us just saying the numbers is enough for you math heads to start crunching. We, we, we know that you're doing that. So here's where you really have to get a little headier with me, okay? Because I watched these movies. I watched all of them. And the one that stuck out was the movie Skyfall. Because Skyfall is a location in the movie. That's a big reveal that Skyfall is an actual building. Okay? And then Spectre is an organization. So it's the title of a movie, but it's also an organization. It's the title of a movie, Skyfall, but it's also a building, a location. Think about it. Revolutionary road. It's a road going somewhere. The road to perdition. It's going somewhere. And then in 2009, they, he made a movie called Away We Go, a movie about a couple traveling together, starring Maya Rudolph and uh, you know Hollywood's love, lover boy, John Krasinski. All of this connected, right? When you start to think about what all of this means, I think it's pretty clear to say that 1917 is not just a movie and it's not just a war, but it's a location. And we're just letting that sink in for you for a moment. You know, th that's a lot to, to, to keep in mind because at first we, you thought we were talking about disease and then we're talking about the years, the war, movie. It's none of that. Mm -mm. All right. That was just the thread to get us to where, and that's what the answer is. And that is what we're being told to be paying, paid attention to right now. Mm -hmm. Now, the one movie you didn't bring up, Gio, unless I'm mistaken, is that his Sam Mendes, Mendez is, see, that's, I don't trust that already. A, a last name that you can't properly put a, uh, you know, like a possessive it's true. S on is, is- He can't be possessed. Okay. He can't be possessed. He's is non-possessive. Wow. I didn't know that was possible to have your name grammatically fixed to where you cannot be possessed. I mean, that's true for my name, Rob Thomas. You can't be possessed either. I can't, I can't be possessed. That's, that's how I've been able to get through this so far. I mean, I can be affected by spirits. Right. But I cannot be possessed by one. Well, so you and Sam Mendes have, have that in common. Right. How interesting. So, so what movie was it that, that he, he forgot to mention, or I forgot to mention? <laughs> the first one, Gio. The first one, Out the Gate, Ameri 1999, American Beauty. And you may have forgotten because there, there's a deep spell on this film. It's true. You know, it won the best picture in 1999. You know, it's that's a that's a big six 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 here. That's a that's a straight six 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 here. Once you flip it over, that was our our last big one that we've had. It's so true, and, and of course, it all up. Kevin Spacey played the president. In House the film, of Cards, yeah. yeah. So uh, this is all connected, right? We all have to understand that when Donald Trump is saying 1917, he's not talking about the movie either, right? He's talking about what the movie's talking about. 
And so, Rob, being the number whiz that you are, you did some deep diving and you found the bomb, the bombshell, whatever you want to call it, the crater. Literally, we found the location. Yeah, it's it's big and it's honestly, it's something that's written right on the face. And it's something like everything that we look at. It is so simple. If you just know how to look at it from the right angle, it's kind of like those little puzzles where it looks like a, a, a woman's face, but you turn it upside down. Oh, it's a rabbit. Mm. And it's been looking at you the whole time. So here's the rabbit. All right, 1917, turns out it is a word after all. And you just need to learn how to read the numbers, all right? Whoa. Uh, yeah, buckle up, all right? 1917, 19. Look at the alphabet. 19th letter, S. S. Next one. It's a one. That's A. A. You end it with a seven. G. Seven and the G. Sag. S A G. Sag. Wow. Now, it, for all of you who may not be as clued in for Hollywood, you know, sag isn't just, uh, what, what, what would that be? Uh, an adjective? An verb, acronym? Uh, an onomatopoeia? Right. To sag. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not one of those. We're talking about the Screen Actors Guild. Right. A guild. We talk about the Illuminati. And when I say we, I mean conspiracy theorists who don't know what they're talking about. They talk about the Illuminati. When there's a literal guild in Hollywood called the Screen Actors Guild. Okay, like the guild of old. Like people who have swords. They raise to the ceiling. They take oaths. They drink blood. This is the kind of guild we're talking about. And they're made of screen actors. So <clears throat> we try to understand. We try to unpack. Why SAG? What is this movie talking about? Why, why is Donald Trump talking about this movie? You know, what's, what's the big deal? And we dug and we dug. And I think we found what Donald Trump wanted us to find. And here is the issue. Rob and I have uncovered information that he wants us to find out. Do we tell you and therefore let the cat out of the bag? Obviously. I mean, obviously we're going to. I mean, yes. I mean, that's why you're <laughs> listening to this show. <laughs> of course we're going to. We're not going to keep anything from you guys. This is the truth. And the truth must be told. So, okay. We looked into it, okay? I was, I was, I was feeling a little nervous like I wasn't going to say anything, but no way. Okay. SAG was a Screen Actors Guild that didn't start the sp specific year that they said they started, okay? They actually started in the time of Merlin right old 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 times 
medieval. And so this guild is responsible for many things. And the one thing that it's responsible is for the events of 1917. And what do, what do I mean when, when I say that? People, conspiracy theorists, like to say that the moon landing was staged. They're wrong. They're fools. They don't know what they're talking about. But no one ever talks about World War I. Why would they? Right, Rob? No, of course. I mean, we see it in our history books. We see, you know, this is just one movie. There's multiple movies with that are about World War One. So we've seen movies. We've seen photographs. Well, guess what all these have in common, folks? These are all images that are appearing on a screen. So everything that you know about World War One is happening on a screen. Huh. Hmm convenient a little too convenient for our taste so i spent 18 hours in the garbage whose garbage the screen actors guild garbage like i said i didn't find anything okay no definitive proof but what i did find was an old notepad. I, I did the etching, okay? And I saw, to do, silence, DJT. Now that means that people at the Screen Actors Guild don't want Donald Trump to let out their secret. What's their secret, right? So, Rob did some astral projecting. He did some astral hacking because he is one of the leading, if not the world-renowned, the world-leading expert in astral hacking. So what did you find? Of course. So I thought about the battlefields, and I thought about France, Germany, where the majority, you know, in Belgium, the, where the majority of this fighting happened. And it was the strangest thing because not much was coming up. It's as if these battles never happened. All right. Or if they did, it wasn't the way that we thought that they did. Right. Like, like it was, you know, they had like they had crafty they have craft table they had people with cameras they they had trailers with you know uh you know more more craft services you could get towel rubbed down there were scripts what now, i mean yeah i i heard that you made a friend while you were on this journey and that um, you invited them back onto the show. So maybe it's time to introduce our ghost guest. I think there's been enough, um, you know, kind of empty space between us and, and Tony's interview to give him the security that he won't be affected by this. We can finally invite on our, our ghost guest. So, so who is this, this guest that you, you uh, brought on? 
Well, I found them in my research, right? Like you said. And I found that they were actually a part of World War One. A soldier. So I thought, right? And so I brought them back and I have them with me right now. Um, you know, very nice. Uh, you know, very kind to be on our show. And I just want to give them some space. Mm-hmm. And I've developed a new technique of letter tossing. Oh. And I'm going to toss some letters right now. And we're going to hear a message from our, from our ghost soldier guest. All right. Okay. He's going to toss some letters. The ghost is going to use their powers to take the letters and make words out of them. Almost like a Ouija, but using gravity instead of a planchette. Oh, my God. They spelled out fever. Fever. Okay. I can think of a couple things when I think of fever. The first thing I thought of, though, I have to be honest. Saturday night fever. My God. Right. It's the first thing I thought of. I don't know. I don't know. You know, some free association. It, you know, I'm an empath. Uh-huh. I have those feelings. I heard the Bee Gees. I heard Saturday Night Fever when you said fever. Wow. I mean, could this be John Travolta's spirit? I mean, I know he's still with us, but... He, he is a part of SAG. Mm-hmm. So it checks in with where you were. He, he does dance. He is a performer. Saturday, he was in Saturday Night Fever. But World War One, he's he's not a soldier. No. So you're this doesn't doesn't add up. Why would it why would an actor be in World War One? Right. And it also goes on with all this other imagery that I was having, you know, of the of the trailers and the scripts and just reels and reels of film. Wow. And I think oh of course. Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth. The movie. The movie. The, 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 the film of our generation, really. Starring John Travolta. Exactly. This makes so much sense. So what you're saying is, there was no 1917 battle the way that we imagined it. It's just like the movie 1917. It was a movie. So in fact, 1917 is almost a recreation of what happened in the original time when SAG was making this movie. Right. About, I mean, if you look at the film Battlefield Earth, it looks like it's in the future, but really... It's about the past. Right. And this is so, this is amazing. Because if you think about what's going on, you have Donald Trump, in quotes, of course, talking about a movie that is about the making of another movie about a war that never existed. And it's all because he doesn't want whatever he's doing to be 
you know, the front scandal. This is, I would say, in my opinion, one of the largest scandals that I've ever come across. This is, like I said, this is the bombshell that is the Grand Canyon, right? And yet here we are, the only two living people besides John Travolta that know this. He hasn't said anything, right? He had to go into his astral ghost form in order to reveal the truth, which means he's afraid for his life. I don't want anything to happen to us. I know nothing will. We have protection. But they even want to silence Donald Trump. So the Screen Actors Guild is much more powerful than we ever even considered. I'll say it. I'll, I'll admit it. This was not on my radar before. This was a blind spot for Ghost in the Scene. I mean, we've talked about movie studios. We've talked about heads of studios. We've talked about directors, actors, producers. I mean, basically everybody. And yet we've never even considered the Screen Actors Guild. So what does that say about, you know, about our research? Is it like they're uh, some kind of protected enchantment over them? Or, you know, to me, it speaks so much more to this iceberg analogy. We thought that we were, you know, digging deep, but it turns out we were still just at the top of the iceberg. And we had to go through all those layers to find the Screen Actors Guild because, like you said, we're the only living beings in John Travolta to know the truth, to find out that the World War I was staged. And, you know, I believe it's possible that you know, all those who, who lost their lives during that war still did, but it was on purpose. They were, they, it was all done for the sake, for the camera, right? Exactly. It was real props. It was like, they did them like Brandon Lee. Okay. They used real mm -hmm. guns because they're too cheap. You know, blanks are expensive. So you just use real bullets. Okay. This is like, anarchy kind of uh ruling the day you just kind of you want to get the shot hey let's just take this real gun and go out there buddy and they got the real shot and shot in a lot of different ways so you know there's stories of necromancy on the field you know hey that that didn't look right there was a boom mic in the shot we got to raise all these guys back from the dead and do it again and they would kill them again i mean this is horror stories that i think that the president wants to make the lead story in order to get away from Kamala Harris, to get away from her love of potatoes, to get away from, I mean, the French fry thing is going to ruin him, right? He had the McDonald's endorsement. If you think about, he had Diet Coke and McDonald's. There's nothing more American than that. And that's something that he ate every day. You don't think that gave him tens of millions of votes from all the people that work there? Now we have Kamala Harris talking about how she likes French fries as her favorite food, and she's using witchcraft to make you know delicious French fries. So, of course, this is the end of his fast food friendship with the industry because they're going to see that she's cooking gourmet French fries, and they're going to throw them to the curb like a used sock if you know what I'm talking about. Definitely. I mean, 
they have been using this vessel for the last four years now. And we'll see if there's any more to squeeze out of it. And otherwise, we have to look to what the next iteration is going to, going to be, what's going to come. And I think part of the reason why McDonald is trying to, you know, do this big reveal now is that it's like we were saying too, just uh, that we're so close to finding the next, you know, we've been revealing, you know, who's been playing Donald Trump for, for a while now, kind of this cat and mouse game. But I feel like this next time when we reveal, it's going to be so big and it's going to make, it's going to be a national news story. And he is terrified to, for people to find out that he's not real. And you can count on that. You can count on that being on the head of every news story when we find out. You will read, thanks, Ghost in the Scene. We're so sorry. You mm -hmm. were always right. Donald here's, Trump is fake. Yeah, here's a couple million dollars from Skeleton Joe's campaign, right? Mm -hmm. That's simple, simple requests. So um, we're going to keep on researching everybody. We're going to keep our nose to the ground. I'm going to get in someone's trash. You better believe it. And next week we will have more questions, more answers, and more guests. So uh, we want to thank John Travolta for making a quick stop here. And we want to thank Tony, the Brujo chef. Um, once again, we'll have him back. And I want to thank you, Rob, for, for everything that you do. Of course, and thank you, Joe, for the endless hours of research and not letting, uh, you know, this pandemic be anything to stop us, but only make us stronger. You know? That's right. And it's just so wonderful. I mean, also, that, you know, big shout out to all of our listeners. We can't do this without you. This is the reason why we do this, is so we can come together as community and all learn from each other to know the real truth. That's right. Nothing but the truth. So help us higher beings. So until next time, guys, stay in the scene. Keep your eyes on the screen. Take care. We love you.